Are you frustrated with your government contracting journey? Do you feel like there's just something missing in your business, but you just can't put your finger on it? Are you finding enough opportunities? Are you struggling to win the few opportunities you do find? Do you have a plan of attack or a strategy for this market? Would you like somebody to review your current approach? Maybe it's time to consider getting a coach. Our team of coaches have helped our clients win over $13.6 billion in government contracts. We've figured out how to help companies just like you accelerate in this market. Market. If you want to find out if coaching is for you, go to federal-access.com forward slash govcon coaching today and fill out a coaching application. I will personally respond to your application and schedule a time for us to talk about your business. There's no cost for the session. There's no obligation. There's no hard sell or anything like that. What I will guarantee you is I will review your top challenges and give you detailed advice. And if coaching makes sense for you, I'll walk through your options. Visit federal-access.com forward slash govcon coaching today to get started. Now let's get into this episode. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike. Hey everybody, Michael Lejeune here and as always I'll be your host today on Game Changers and I'm looking forward to this episode. You know, they're, they're always great but uh, I love it when uh, my partner Josh and I get together and we talk to you guys about stuff that's going on. And this particular episode is going to be really fun because we did a playbook recently about this topic. And so uh, I think you're really going to like what we're going to do. But before I get into the topic, let me introduce Josh. You know, a lot of people know Joshua Frank. He's my partner at RSM Federal. He shows up on a lot of the podcasts, co-hosts some of the podcasts, does a whole lot of stuff with us behind the scenes. You know, that's one of the odd things is, you know, with our two sides of the business, everyone sees me on this side with Game Changers and everybody <laughs> sees you on the other side, but not me. So it's kind of the role reversal when we're here. But but welcome to the show, Josh. Why don't you, why don't you take a minute for the folks that don't know who you are and tell them a little bit about yourself and what you do. Hey, Mike. Hey, thanks. And uh, and for all the listeners, welcome. Uh, welcome again. For those of you who don't know me, uh, I'm Josh Frank. I'm the managing partner for RSM and for Federal Access. And uh, I've been in the market for over 25 years. I'm a former military officer. Uh, uh, I specialize in small business, uh, specifically techniques and strategies. And uh, the topic today is very close and dear to my heart because we talk with a lot of our clients and members about business development. Yeah, you know, we, we just did this this uh, playbook recently. I think you did it. And we're talking about this topic, of, you know, because people, people are always asking about business development stuff and different things. But one of the topics that we hit on was what do you do when your business developers are failing or they fail to win contracts? And we even hit on last time about, you know, if I'm going to hire a business development person, how long before they get their first contract and what should I expect from them in those first few months and different things? Because a lot of people out there expect if I'm going to go hire somebody to do business development, you know, what do I give them, you know, 30, 45 days before they start bringing in contracts? You, right. you know, there, there's, yeah. these, there's these totally unrealistic expectations about business development. And uh, and so we kind of hammered that a little bit. But, you know, what do you do when they fail? So, you know, that that's a, a topic we want to talk about today. And I thought we'd start with, you know, what is business development and capture management? Because a lot of people hear these terms thrown around and I think they have perceptions of what they are. But why don't, why don't we get, you know, from you, what, what is your thoughts on what those two are? Yeah, so, so before I answer that question, for those that have not listened to uh, 
what was it? Was it a podcast that we did? Was it a Game Changers where we talked uh, about the playbook, expectations? Right? Okay, so yeah, so so if you're an, if you're a member of Federal Access, uh, one of the weekly playbooks that Mike's referring to about expectations, in general, it's a year, right? Now nobody likes hearing that. <clears throat> nobody wants. Uh, no business owner wants to to hear their 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 salespeople say it's going to take a year to fill the pipeline successfully win contracts, but it is. There's a lot more detail on that in the playbook. Uh, so if you're interested, shoot over to Federal Access, take a look. In terms of what is business development and what is capture management, so business development is a part of capture management. And now, for those of you that are new to the federal space, yeah, capture management's fairly unique. That's a, that's a term you don't hear often in the commercial side. Capture is... Think of it as the whole process. It's prospecting, business development, it's sales, and it's actually the execution of the contract. So business development is strategic. It's filling the pipeline. Sales is tactical. It's winning the contracts. Business development is identifying opportunities and moving them through the pipeline. And sales is taking those opportunities that you've moved through the pipeline, writing a proposal and winning new work. Mm -hmm. So, so in general, and let, let me throw one more thing in, Mike. In general, there's three categories that company salespeople fall under. Um, the first is, you know, like you're really good at filling the pipeline. Now, a lot of our listeners are chuckling because uh, they're like, well, yeah, I, I do that or, or my salespeople do that. That's 90%. 90% of all the salespeople in the market are really good at filling the pipeline. Uh, they find opportunities that are already in acquisition. So, you know, FBO, Dibs, eBuy, pick your, pick your system, right? But they have challenges in identifying opportunities in pre-acquisition, i.e. before the RFP is released. So the ones that are really good at filling the pipeline, uh, they're, they're constantly updating their documentation, they're updating their CRM, they're creating reports for their boss. They understand the basics. Then you have those that are good at winning the contracts, right? They're strong at moving strong at moving opportunities through the pipeline. So they have really strong skills in strategy. They understand how a proposal should be tailored. They're good at winning new business. That's about 9% of the market. So you got 90% of the market that's really good at filling the pipeline, finding opportunities. You got 9% uh, that's really good at winning, doing the sales side. And then you've got the one percenters. They're not just strong at filling the pipeline, especially in pre-acquisition, i.e. before it goes on FedBizOps. They're also strong at moving those ops through the pipeline in winning contracts. Mm. So finding the one percenters, Mike, that's the gold mine for small businesses. 
And, and I don't know if you remember the days back at uh, the company that shall not be named on here. <laughs> I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> where, where you and I uh, first started working together, right? Uh, you know, we, when we were in, in the government space, uh, I, I took over long before you got there. We had 12 folks on the team and we're doing like a million in revenue. And I'm like, what in the world are we doing? And it was because we were overloaded with everybody on the team was just a business developer. That was the whole team. Mm-hmm. So, so we, we take the team from 12 people to, what is there, three of us, <laughs> you know, right, but everybody right. is what we would call like a capture manager, like full life cycle of the system. We take the team from 12 to three, but we take the revenue from one to 12 million. Why was that? You know, it was because the people that were on the team were good at every area of capture management. You know, they were good at you know, finding the open opportunities that were out there. They were good at making opportunities. They were good at closing it. They were good at, you know, the actual managing of it. There was, there wasn't a single one of us that handed it off to somebody else to say, okay, now let me go hunt for more stuff while you work on this. We were a small company and it just, it made the whole thing flow really smooth. And I, I think a lot of companies that are out there when they want to hire somebody who's a business developer, they confuse those terms and they think I'm going to hire a capture manager who's going to handle the full life cycle of this. But in reality, the, the person on the other end is not either not familiar with the term or they're focused on, Oh, I'm the BD guy. So I'm just going to jump in and all my whole life is going to be focused on creating opportunities for the company and mining that stuff. It's not going to be on the other things. And I think that right there is a point why a lot of business developers fail to some degree at some companies because management and the employer are not on the same sheet of what their role even is. So, yeah, no, agreed. And, and before we move on, especially for our, for our FA members, you know, the question, cause you know, look, I present this, this kind of, uh, of information at, at national events and I always have a ton of people that walk up to me and go, all right, Josh, I've all my salespeople are in that 90%. They're really good at finding opportunities and filling the pipeline. But I need one or two or all of them. That is, Mike, as you were saying, they understand the full capture process. They're good at the sales and the closing. And, and gee, Josh, I'd love to find a one percenter. How do you, how do, you do it? For our FA members... Within the operations module, there is a template. There's an actual white paper that lists all the questions that you ask about how you verify whether or not a salesperson truly understands how to move opportunities through a pipeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a great point. You know, there, there's tons of stuff in there, but that's that's a great one to for folks to look at. The other thing I would say is if you can't find that person, because sometimes you're out there and looking for that person, guess what? If they really are a one percenter, they're probably employed somewhere already, right? So can, right. You, can you turn one of your people into one of those one percenters? And that document you just talked about is a good checklist of things you, you could teach that person if they're really good in one of those other areas. And what we found back in the day was the people who had a really strong understanding of what the company actually did were typically engineers. In our case, they were software or support engineers. They really understood the product that we delivered 
and then we were able to teach them the easy part, which was sales. Yeah, that's a, stuff, that's a, Mike, that's, that, that's a, that's a really good point. Uh, because you can take, I mean, for heaven's sakes, what's the purpose of FA? <laughs> I mean, the intent of this is not to, to, you know, hard sell FA because there are a lot of people that listen to, to, to game changers that are not FA members, but, but FA was designed and developed as a program to teach those that 90% how to be a really strong business developer and, and, and close contracts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so, you know, one of the things you were talking about, and this is a, a recurring theme in our conversations offline and with clients is moving oppor- opportunities through the pipeline. So you're always talking about that, but some people don't fully grasp what that means, what that looks like. Can, can you go into some detail for them about that? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so this is at the core of our discussion today. We can talk about, we can talk about how business developers fail, right? Most, com- that, I'm not going to say most, that there's a lot of companies with BD folks that, that don't do well. Um, but it is, it truly is all about moving opportunities through the pipeline. I've worked with or spoken to thousands of business developers, right? Over my career. And, you know, many of our listeners today are probably saying, okay, all right, Josh, I'm not winning as many contracts as I want. So what do I need to do? Or what does my business developer need to do differently? And the answer starts with understanding the common challenges that the average BD person faces. Uh, you know, because most business developers that aren't doing well, they are easily distracted by the easy tasks. Mm-hmm. That's one of the first things you can quickly look at and go, well, my business developer, or it's me, you know, or it's you, uh, I'm spending all day updating a spreadsheet or updating a CRM, right? I call that death by administration. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you're always updating this. You're looking on FBO. You're updating your CRM. Uh, you're focused on presenting your pipeline to the boss. The, the other one is focused on the wrong teaming partners. Right. Uh, I tell folks, don't team with the same company simply because you always do or it's easy or you like them. Right. The key question is, do they make you more competitive? It's not a hard question to answer, Mike. But but you've got to ask it. You know, do they have the same maturity? Do they have past performance? The third challenge, right? So the first two, death by administration. Second is, uh, you know, focusing with the wrong teaming partners. The third is not being tenacious. What's the difference between business developers that fall in the average 90% and those that are the one percenters? The Delta is the level of how tenacious they are. So you call and call and call and, and you don't complain about the government not, uh, you know, not returning your calls or your emails. You, the one percenters get others to facilitate for them. Small business office, um, you know, uh, clients, other partners. You know, do, do you dust off those business cards from a past conference? And find somebody you met that you've never worked with but said, hey, I met you. Can you introduce me to, to John? You know, um, do, you, do you go to regional and national conferences and stalk the folks 
that you'll want to talk to, right? Uh, do we have time for a quick story? Yeah, absolutely. Are we okay on time? Okay. Ages ago, when I was a senior sales exec, there was an opportunity with the Department of Commerce. And I went to a, a, one of the large national conferences, and I wanted to attend this one session, uh, but I needed to meet this other individual. And so I ran out of the session I was attending uh, about 10 minutes before everything was done, and I went to the door of another session, and I saw the speaker, and I stalked him, and I waited till everybody was done. I didn't walk up to the front of the room. I waited till he was exiting the room, and then I went step in step with him, and I walked with him, and I had a good dedicated 20-minute discussion where I collected intelligence that made our company more successful. So for being tenacious, you just can't be afraid to, 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 to pick up the phone or, or, or stalk people. You've got to be really hardcore about it. Yeah. And, you know, people are, are pretty good about saying, don't stalk me or leave me alone or or whatever. But I, I think when you're creative about how you approach it, I think that helps when you're not leaving useless voicemails, useless emails, but you actually have something of value to talk about or send. I think all those kind of things helps. You know, one of the things you mentioned right up front is you know, that, that death by admin. And I've actually seen where it's not the business developer. That's the problem. It's actually their manager or uh, whoever yes. it is. Yeah. And yeah. it's, and it's their, I would say lack of control on the company or their lack of understanding of the process, or maybe their lack of understanding of the technology that, that's out there or whatever it is where they are actually putting too many hoops in place for that business developer, I, you know, quick story on that one. You know, I worked for this one company one time where I said, Hey, you know, show me your process and how things work. And they start going over these, these daily reports, which I like daily reports. Those are pretty nice. But when I started interviewing the actual staff, I said, how much time do you take to prepare this daily report? And most of them said between an hour and a half and two and a half hours. I'm like, well, <laughs> like, why is that? And they're like, because if you screw up on your daily reports, you will be called out in a meeting. You will be, you know, just completely drugged through the mud. You will be screamed and yelled at because, you know, you had a decimal in the wrong place. Like, because the, the owner was, you know, so insane about these reports that that was more important than closing to him. You know, because that, that was how he kept his finger on the company. And so you definitely don't want to be that owner or sales manager where you are actually putting hoops in place that's taking away from their productivity by again creating something that's more important to you than it is to them or generating revenue right right and uh, no really good points and so all right so let me take you to the second part of that which is that that whole moving opportunities through the pipeline because that really is at the core of the challenge that that a lot of bd folks face so most companies look at a pipeline and they say, oh, here's the number of opportunities and these are when they're up for bid, right? That, that's like the focus of all those daily reports that you're talking about, which I'm totally against. Uh, if you're going to do uh, reports, do them weekly and just have one meeting. But, but companies that win contracts, 
they look at their opportunities and they perform activities that move them through stages. What do I mean by that? Is it in your territory? Is it pre-qualified or fully qualified? What intelligence do we have on it? Have we spoken to a decision maker or a PM? Uh, do we anticipate that a source of salt is going to come out? Are we going to prime? Are we going to sub? What companies are we going to team with? You know, Mike, most companies, they see an opportunity on FedBizOps and it goes right into the pipeline, but they don't systematically move the opportunity through it. Right, moving an opportunity, I keep using that phrase, but it's so important. Moving an opportunity is about the continual collection of intelligence and building the right team to ensure that you're, you have competitive past performance and strong pricing. But I think the most important aspect of moving it through the pipeline is a focus on shaping the opportunity to influence the acquisition. So... In summary, I would say, you know, moving opportunities through the pipeline is a mindset. It's a strategy. It's a process. If you do it, you win contracts. Right. Right. No, absolutely. And I, and I know you're going to get into this, but since you were talking about process, I'm going to jump in and say, I would say a lot of people are struggling with moving it through the pipeline because they don't have a pipeline. Yeah, you know, a, a lot. A lot. They're, they're like, well, I'm, I'm, we're having trouble closing contracts. We're having trouble. Our business developers are, are failing to win contracts or this or that and the other thing. And it's, well, what is your process? What is your pipeline look like? Because some to a lot of people, a pipeline is and I'm going to do this in a simple way. It's an, ex, an Excel spreadsheet that has the name of the opportunity and the value when they think it's going to close and, uh, and, and some numbers <laughs> that go with it. That is, uh, th and that is a pipeline, but we're talking about literally moving them through a process where, you know, once it comes in, like you were talking about, you know, shaping the opportunity, who are you going to team it? What are the steps in your sales process where you're going to walk these people through? Because again, I, I have coached, you have coached and mentored hundreds of companies and one of the first things I always ask for is show me what your sales process looks like. And a lot of mm -hmm. people say it's a spreadsheet. It's a spreadsheet, yeah, and, the one I just described. And that's it. That's the extent of it. Yeah. And, and for, our, for, for all of our listeners that, that, that are FA members, if you need help with that process the, in the sales module, there are sales strategies that walk you through how to move opportunities through. I mean, uh, just bring this full circle, Mike. Companies that simply throw opportunities on the pipeline but do nothing else other than bid on them, they don't win contracts. It's all about intelligence. Mm -hmm. It's all about collecting information so that you have something your competition doesn't have that makes you more competitive. It truly is as simple yet as complex as that. Right. And, you know, we, we were always talking about the process. And I think for some people, when they hear that, their eyes kind of roll back in their head and they're like, oh, the process and, you know, the 8, 10, 12 step sales process. Understand that you can move an opportunity from step one to step eight or nine or 10 in your process in a day. Yeah. I, I, you, you can yeah. move it really fast. But the reason for the process is so you're increasing your chances of winning. 
that's that's the huge part of that. And again, I know we're going to get in challenges, but you know, while while we can get on the soapbox, we'll go ahead and do it. And since we have the mic, we will. And you know, <laughs> the, the the other thing is, you know, we talked about if you're an FA member, go in and check out that stuff. If you're not an FA member, I will say the shameless plug: join today. Join, join today, become a member, and go and look at that stuff. You know, it, it's a it's a really great tool for you to go and look at this stuff. Um, this is the only other part of the plug. It's a hundred percent money back guarantee. So if you don't like it, you just get your money back. And I guarantee you're gonna love it. You're gonna have questions for us. You can ask Josh and I questions about stuff from the podcast, from the content, stuff that's not in there, and it's and it's gonna be really really helpful. So I I do urge people who are not FA members, federal access members, to go ahead and join that. And there's links in the bottom on how you can join uh, right connected to this episode. So before we wrap up here, though, we've talked a lot about the problem. I, I'd like to hear, you know, based on some of these challenges, what are some of the recommendations you have for companies that are having trouble winning contracts, having trouble with business developers, moving stuff through the pipeline? What are some of your recommendations for that? Yeah. Um, uh, well, I, you know, when I coach sales teams, there's two areas that I focus on, Mike. One is metrics because, well, that ensures your overall strategy is on track. But the second is requiring the business developer to actually walk me through how they're engaging each opportunity. Now, I mean, if all I hear is I found it on, on FBO, I checked the bid matching system and the contracting officer notes in the bid matching system say the RFP is going to release in three weeks, then I know the company has a little chance of winning. So my recommendations, I guess, would be for our listeners, would be focus less on the number of opportunities in your pipeline and focus more on moving the opportunities through it by collecting information, intelligence, talking to people. Don't be afraid of the phone. Get on it, call people, collect information, make yourself more competitive. Because if you're able to successfully walk me through an opportunity, you will have focused on the intelligence you've collected. You know, you'll know why you're competitive, why you've selected that teaming partner, and how you're going to win it. Mm -hmm. No, no. Great thoughts. And I would say if you look at an opportunity and you don't feel 99.99% you're going to win it, then there's some gaps somewhere. And so it's very easy to ask a simple question like, where do you feel the gaps are? You know, where do you, what information do you feel like you don't have? And so that you can make that part of your process, just ask yourself those simple questions. It's not a ding on you as a manager, as a business development person, whatever it is, it's a way of saying, what information do I need to collect in order to feel 99.9% we're going to win this thing? And especially if you don't have a process, and that'll help you develop that process so that you can, again, increase your chances of winning. So with that, any final thoughts for our listeners on this topic, Josh? Yeah, just to be a dead horse, I'd ask our listeners to think about how they approach business development and sales, and, and then take a breath and then take a step back. And if all you're doing is adding FBO opportunities to the pipeline, you know you need to change some things. You, uh, what, I, what I want our listeners to do is start thinking about moving opportunities versus identifying them, right? It's that we're beating that horse. But if you successfully make that shift, you'll find that the focus of your sales opportunities will actually move into pre-acquisition. Mm-hmm. And so for any of our listeners, uh, you know, that, that are, are not familiar with, with our RSM or, or, or with federal access, 
um, you know, that's our specialty. Uh, and so if any of them do need help, uh, just reach out to us and, uh, and we'll take care of them. Yeah. And, you know, we're not like lawyers, so we're not going to bill you just to call in and ask a question. So go ahead and, you know, call in, ask a question, <laughs> you know, email us, <laughs> ask a question. Uh, you know, when, when we're going to bill you, you're going to know ahead of time uh, about something when we're working with people. So I would say if there's anything I could remove from people, it's the fear of, of reaching out and asking us questions. You know, when you send an email to our, our company, you and I are both CC'd on it. So people can can, can see that. And, uh, and there's a lot of transparency there. And, you know, we are going to be the ones responding to you, not some admin we got out of college uh, that's doing that for us. So you're going you're gonna to be talking right to the head folks when you got a question. So, so, so thanks for coming on today, Josh. I really, really appreciate it. I know we're going to be doing some more podcasts earlier year, uh, later this year. We've got our 50th episode coming up. So stay tuned, everybody, and look out for that one. And I also want to take a minute to thank all of our listeners today for joining us on this episode. Remember, you can find every episode on iTunes. Just look for Game Changers for Government Contractors and subscribe to the feed to make sure you get every episode. And while you're there, if you could rate the episodes, that would be great. It would help push those up in popularity, and that's definitely something we want to do this year. And uh, last but not least, please visit our sponsor for today's episode, the Federal Access Program, at federal-access.com. Join any of the paid membership levels today and get a free copy of the Government Sales Manual. Be sure to tune in next week for lessons from our experts on how you can win more government contracts. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash gamechangers.